My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and this is Sonatotem. Episode 27. Hey everyone, if you're new to the podcast, this is the show about making stuff, finding success, and staying healthy and sane in the process. It's a journal show, an audio journal, an audio diary, wherein I present my (laughs) adventures and misadventures as a DIY independent creator. Approaching everything from the perspective of an experienced beginner. And hopefully, through my experiences, there are some teaching moments. So it's been, oh gosh, about three weeks since uh, we last spoke, you and me. And uh, in that time, I finally, (laughs) I finished the post-production and uh, all the sort of after-recording editing and whatnot on my audiobook version of my latest novel, Light of the Outsider. Therein lies a tale, friends. You know, I finished the manuscript of that book back in April. The book was released in June in ebook and paperback formats. I had hoped to also release the ebook at that time. But, well, can we just say 2020? Let's just say 2020, right? Being in a household where everyone works from home, myself and and the two and sometimes three other people I share this house with, very difficult to find quiet space, very difficult to find quiet time or peace, and very difficult to do any kind of extensive audio recording without, you know, there just being noises in the house. And it's a very old house with with wooden floors that, I mean, the whole place acts like kind of a big speaker. (laughs) And so even in the so-called quietest room of the house, I discovered pretty quickly that I could not get a good quality audio recording. So you know what I did? I took my car, usually after 9, at night, drove to a quiet neighborhood, and I recorded the damn thing over the course of a few weeks, an hour and a half at a time, in my car, using my uh, my portable Zoom recorder. Now, that's not Zoom like the uh, video conferencing thing that everybody's trapped in these days. Zoom was a, or is a, uh, portable audio recording device maker. My Zoom recorder is an older model, and I, I recorded the whole thing. 12 hours, maybe, of raw audio, and uh, started to get into the production of the audiobook and discovered that there were artifacts in the recording files that I didn't hear when I was recording. Some of it was mouth sounds, to be sure, but also these very metallic clicks and pops caused apparently by some kind of issue with the recorder itself. And I was faced with a choice. 
do I return to the exile of my mobile recording studio and sit in a neighborhood and record the whole damn thing again in the late hours of the evening, hoping to not be discovered or have my window tapped on by an inquisitive police officer? Or do I just try to fix it in post, as they say? Well, I opted to fix it in post. And it's taken until just a few days ago, early December 2020, to, in dribbles and drabs, finish the editing and the production and all that of the audiobook. Cutting out or diminishing as much as possible all those weird little artifacts. I think it sounds pretty good. And this past weekend, I finally released it to, first of all, the people who had pre-ordered it much, much earlier in the year, before any version of Light of the Outsider was released. So I made sure to get it to those folks first, and then a day or two later, announced it to my mailing list as a whole, and uploaded it to the sort of direct sales processing platform that I like to use, Gumroad. Link will be in the show notes at mattselznick.com or sonatotem.com. Kind of felt like, ah, at last. The audiobook is done. That means Light of the Outsider is well and truly done. Before I go on with my story, (laughs) and there is a lesson here, I promise you. Let's take five minutes or so to listen to uh, a little audio sample from Light of the Outsider, and uh, hopefully you're enticed and inspired to pick it up. Danik, who had spent many marks patiently idle before many politicians, including and not least the mouth of the Plains Lord, held a pleasant expression on his face, counted the hairs of his foster cousin's drooping mustache, and waited. Finally, Volt said, How is Agane? Denick knew the question was no more than a courtesy, and he knew Volt knew, too. Volt's practiced adoption of palace district niceties was even more impressive than his own, but then the mouth of the plains lord had a talent for putting on his neighbor's clothes and eating from their pantry. Denick invested an equal measure of civility in his response. Her day seems better than some. At least that was her condition when I left to answer your summons. Volt nodded minimally, as much as Denick expected, and got to it. You heard about the fire. I saw the smoke, heard the bells. The city will know this before Tahai. The fire was a distraction. Denick knew he couldn't rush Volt, and any hint he hoped to would have the adverse effect. I would say it's distracted everyone in Anakin Tog. Volt's lip twitched before stretching to a full grin. The infant Ranith was taken. Despite his general distaste at being Volt's tool, Denick was intrigued. The Alliance? Volt shrugged. If we are responsible, I was given no warning. Despite his dichotomous role, Denick inwardly bristled at being included. A ransom? Volt shook his head, dismissive. No, 
No person, no state, no organization has declared any involvement. The kit is gone, and people are dead. That's all the palace has revealed. I don't have any reason to think there's more to it than that. For now. And so? It doesn't matter why Ranith has been kidnapped. The palace is in chaos. The All Warden All Tower is gutted. Rumor has it that one of them was injured. Volt's eyes widened in delight. Or both. Denik would not have been surprised if Volt rubbed his palms together like a child at dessert. The mouth restrained himself as he continued. The only heir of Anik has been taken from his nursery, and the soldiers protecting the most powerful nation in Cabrith didn't even know he was gone until the place burned around them. Volt leaned forward. We knew Aenic had grown soft. Now? It's crippled. Denik shifted on his cushion. Despite a lifetime of practice, he could not manage to feel balanced seated on the thing. Volt, if the Plains Lord is thinking of war, I don't know what he's thinking, Volt said. Yet, as his mouth and his ears, it's my responsibility to advise and to act in the interest of the Alliance of Clans. He jabbed an index finger in the air. Our enemy is weak, frantic, and unsettled. Such an opportunity, Denik, must not be squandered or be allowed to pass too quickly. Denik waited. By Tahai, Volt said, word will go out across the city and throughout Aenic, even, I am led to understand, to the Fane and Gundinal outposts, that anyone bringing Ranith home safe and whole will be rewarded with the unfettered gratitude of the Allwardendon. Denik nodded. The guard must have their own ideas as to who's responsible. The entire country will help flush them out. And you, Denik. You want me to actively search for Ranith. That, and more. The longer Anik is in disarray and so ineffectual they cannot protect or find their own heir, the stronger our position will be. What do you want me to do, Vault? Find the kit, the mouth said, and make sure no one else does, and that Ranith is not recovered. Or returns. Ever. There you have it, dear listener, a little taste of Light of the Outsider, a standalone fantasy thriller hybrid. You can go to lightoftheoutsider.com, buy the audiobook direct from me, or the paperback or the ebook. Paperback and ebook are available through Amazon. Yeah. So, like I said, I felt like, ah, oh, at last, this book is really done now that all versions are out there in the world. And I can move my full attention to the next work in the Shaper's World cycle called The Perfumed Air at Kowanantag Bay. And really kind of sink my, my whole attention into that. Then I got an email. <laughs> uh, thank you, David Mackler, um, for this email. Wondering 
Hey, uh, so I was listening to the audiobook and there's a lot of tongue clicks and and repeated content. And I was just wondering, is, is this like a rough draft? And are you planning to upload the, the real thing later or what's going on? Yeah, no, it wasn't meant to be a rough draft. But apparently uh, some things got past the quality control offices here at the lush and lavish studios of MWS Media, and those people are getting a stern talking to those people being me and myself and I and yeah. Um, I don't know what happened. I mean, I know what happened. Some of the files that I thought were final and done were not. Turns out not just the very first chapter of the audiobook, but also uh, chapters, I think it was, what, uh, 10 and 12? They also had, had errors. In fact, one of those chapters, I think it was 12, I think I uploaded, like, not even the final version of the chapter. It was so rife with mistakes and do-overs and whatnot. Damn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, it, this is one of those instances where I guess I'm not like a hugely, wildly successful <laughs> independent author with tens of thousands of people on my mailing list or thousands of pre-orders or whatever, because only four people had actually picked up the, uh, the audiobook since I'd announced it. Even, even among the people who pre-ordered it, only three people had picked it up. So three people who had pre-ordered it and one person who had Logan, thank you, who had purchased it brand new. Only those four people were exposed to my stupid errors. But still, it, it really, I mean, honestly, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of unforgivable. And I know, sure, it's not unforgivable, but I feel pretty stupid. So kids, what have we learned? Well, for me, I have to be honest. That's one of the points of this podcast is to try to be transparent and honest. I mean, first of all, I almost didn't even mention this to all y'all because, like I said, only four people really knew about it. I don't even know if any of those four people listen to the podcast. But yeah, that's that's counter to the point of this show and to kind of my whole modus operandi. I had to talk about it. But the other thing that I'm going to admit to, and that thankfully I, I managed to uh, overcome, was I could feel myself having a really persistent urge to blame my mistake on other factors, other things, to blame my mistake on the fact that it's been uh, 
tense and difficult in the house because we're all home all the time and I've been distracted and and that I had to work on the audiobook in so many tiny chunks over such a long period of time that of course mistakes would come through. And if I had just had the chance to really just focus in and do it all in a weekend and really keep track of everything, everything would have been fine. And no, I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm not going to blame the freaking pandemic or the quarantine or the lockdown or whatever you want to call it. Those mistakes slipped through. Number one, because I didn't take the time to actually literally listen to every single file one more time before I posted it, before I made it live. I didn't listen to all ended up to be about eight hours and 20 minutes of audio. I assumed everything was okay. And I put it up there with a little thing at the end saying, hey, if you happen to notice any technical errors, shoot me an email and I'll take care of it right away. I didn't think there were going to be like three files with like seven or eight errors. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn, y'all. So that was really my first mistake was to not actually take that last opportunity to make sure it was all right. But I tell you what, in a larger sense, the biggest mistake, the biggest lesson learned and something hopefully that you carry over into your own creative endeavors is there was really no system involved here with creating this audiobook. I mean, sure, I knew the steps that I had to take. But for months, it was just, oh, I've got 20 minutes, I've got a half hour, I've got an hour, I'll muddle through another chapter of the damn audiobook and cut out all those little things and get rid of all that noise and whatnot. And then when I'm done with that, I'll finally convert it into MP3s and I'll finally upload it to Gumroad and these other places. But I didn't approach it systematically. There are steps that you take when you are editing audio, which I know full well. I mean, God help me, I do this for a living. And honestly, when I'm doing it for my clients, that's when I'm methodical. That's when I check and double check and, and look at my checklists and all of that. Somehow when I was doing it for myself, I didn't do that. I just assumed that I knew the steps, and I do know the steps, but I guess more importantly, I assumed that it would all work out. And if I have to think about it, and I have been thinking about it in the last couple of days as I eat my hat and swallow my pride and, and all that stuff, uh, facing these avoidable mistakes, I have to think that Intentional or not, what we're really dealing with here is a, a devaluing of my own work. I'm not, or I didn't, give as much attention to detail with my own audiobook as I do with a podcast that I produce or somebody else's audiobook that I might edit. Maybe it's because 
if it's my own audiobook, uh, you know, nobody's paying me to do it. But that's not true because <laughs> people paid me <laughs> through pre-orders, and I'm hoping that people will pay into the future to get it now that it's out in the world. But there's no client, you know what I mean? It became a task, a thing to get done. And I, I think I may have lost touch with the fact that it's part of the big plan. You can go back to the last episode to learn more about the big plan. In short, it's part of my body of work. It's part of my creative legacy. It represents me. And the uh, assumed and aspired for quality of, of my work. And I dropped the ball. Ouch. So, yeah. I've talked a little bit in the past about how I really need to systematize things. And that's big things and little things. Uh, big picture and individual projects. You know, I will cut myself some slack with the fact that, yeah, you know what? It is a distracting environment. I do live somewhere where it's difficult to find flow and focus and uninterrupted, lengthy time to work. One of the only reasons that I was able to finish the bulk of the audiobook in the last uh, few weeks is because there have been fewer people in the house, and I've had a lot more solitary time, which has been really good. But as much as I'd like to, and as much as I have plans to, I, I can't really control my environment. What I can do is, is make sure that I'm optimizing how I work and how I create so that little details that might get distractified <laughs> away, that might get covered up by the sediment of activity constantly flowing over my focus. Wow, I was looking so hard for that metaphor that I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> and see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of different reasons why it's hard to maintain focus these days. That sort of overarching anxiety that we're all dealing with as we we come into, what is it, the 10th month, 9th month? I don't know. The pandemic has been around for a while. And I'm in California, and I'm in Orange County in California, where we are once again almost ready to go under lockdown. Just waiting for that, not waiting, not, not looking forward to, but expecting that day when our ICU beds go under 15% availability again, which will trigger another lockdown. Stay-at-home orders. Businesses shutting down, just like in the, in the springtime. I have to allow for the fact that these are strange times, and I'm not blaming, <laughs> for fuck's sake, I'm not blaming the pandemic. There will always be distractions in our creative lives. And one of the ways to combat the negative effects, the concentration-sucking effects of those distractions is to have systems in place to know what it is you're supposed to do, when and how, and just follow through with that. 
and stick to it. So yeah, as I get deeper into working on the perfumed air at Kowan and Tag Bay, definitely going to be <laughs> thinking about systems in more depth. And again, it's it's something that I do quite a bit with my client work. And the fact that I am less good about that when it comes to my own work, that's some sort of weird self-esteem thing, I think. So there it is, my friends. <laughs> Yet another episode where I was I was going to talk about world building. <laughs> and then this came up and I feel like this is a much more <laughs> valuable thing to share with you, the uh, independent creator out there, the independent author, musician, what have you, listening to this. As I've said before, the, the, the point of Sonatotem is, is to, to share what's going on in my creative life so that I might find teachable moments. And this is definitely one of those, you know, don't do as I have done kind of lesson sorts of things. I mean, I'll grant you, it's all working out, right? Uh, again, not too many people received those bad files. And uh, I did upload the files to Gumroad, but I was able to replace those. And I use a, uh, for everything except audible.com, I use this great service called Find Away Voices, and that will be in the show notes. And they distribute to everybody even Audible if you want them to, but I, I do Audible directly. So this Findaway Voices, they'll distribute your audiobook everywhere that sells audiobooks, including libraries. And yeah, the bad files were uploaded there, but again, I was able to upload the good files before the complete submission process had completed, I think. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> So not all is lost there. And I uploaded those bad files to Audible too, but Audible is going to find mistakes. I know they will. They're going to find issues with my audiobook. I fully expect that because they have much, much more strict criteria than pretty much everybody else. And when I get the, yeah, you know what? Uh, your audiobook did not pass. You have errors here, here, and here. I'll take that opportunity to replace those files going to be all right. Seriously, I mean, I don't have a huge audiobook audience, so I'm not super worried. But on the other hand, I certainly would like to. And that's not going to happen if I'm releasing crap. So have systems, folks, because, because you, you can't count on yourself to just get everything right and to not just dot all the I's and cross all the T's, but remember where all the I's and T's are and where they're supposed to be. Okay. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of Sonatotem, I encourage, I welcome, I thrive on your feedback and your comments. You can go to mattselznick.com Click on the podcast link and leave a comment in the show notes for this episode, episode 27. Or you can just go directly to sonatotem.com, find episode 27, and same deal. It's the same page. Leave a comment there. You can email me at matt at 
mattselznick.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com. Email me there with your comment. You can record a little voice message on your phone or whatnot and email that to the same address, matt at mattselznick.com. If you leave me a little voice message, I will play it on the show and we'll have a sort of time-delayed conversation. Speaking of feedback, if you have the time and the inclination, it's very helpful to get ratings and reviews on the podcast, especially in the Apple Podcasts store, directory, whatever it is, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to rate and review. You can even find a link in the show notes for this episode where you can leave a couple of different reviews at one click. Ratings and reviews help bring the show higher in the directory listings at the various directories, which helps bring more ears to the show, thereby making our little community bigger and stronger. Isn't that good? That's a good thing, right? Also, of course, hey, just tell everybody you know about Sonatotem. Next time around, going to talk about world building. It's the uh, 7th of December as I speak into this microphone for episode 27. So let's assume <laughs> that the next episode will be uh, somewhere around the 21st of December. Let's, let's commit to having a new episode before, uh, before the Christmas holiday. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, audiobooks, am I right? <laughs> My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick. Take care.